On the fourth day of Christmas, my Bruno gave to me four Billboard hits, three Seagram's ads, two dumb cartoons, and a die-hard battery. Broadcasting live from inside the power band, this is the Many Days of Brucemas here on the Blah. Welcome, folks. I'm your host, Mulvey Claus, along with my good friends, Jar Kringle Hi. and Orange Sassy Santa. Ho, ho, ho. That's right. It's yet another of the Many Days of Brucemas. I wish I had a little Colt 45 to go with all this. It's so wonderful and smooth. And today, on this particular day of Brucemas, we're going to be discussing the return of Bruno, the album, and the HBO special. Fellas, where do we want to start? Did you watch that documentary? Well, it's the what what I got, what I found um, was the it was like the doc into the show. So when Michael J. Fox right. like puts the tape in, then the show starts. Yeah, yeah, I'd send you guys a link to that a ways back. I think when we decided to do this probably the one i was watching but i think that uh i've totally forgot about that i thought it was real i forgot it was a total like spinal tap blues brothers kind of spoofy thing yeah and even still i was like oh my god this is dreadful (laughs) fair enough yeah the whole thing is a slog (laughs) it's so bad oh it's such a slog it's like for a guy that got started in comedy (laughs) this is so unfunny (laughs) yeah cool i liked it (laughs) <laughs> yeah i mean you know whatever ain't nothing bad about living in the usa hey he's gonna sing a song about hollywood let me get my trench coat and my oversized ball cap <laughs> i went on a fucking journey with this thing man i didn't so i'm glad you did i don't know about you guys but uh i was all over the show with this okay where at first i was like ah it's probably just some celebrity jerk fest bullshit where he wants to become a musician blah 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 but then benny shared the hour-long hbo special which was like a spinal tap mockumentary and it like i went from like dread to delight and enjoyed the living shit out of it and it totally kind of changed my tune wow since clearly we're doing high level benny what's your high level on this wow um hmm i remember seeing this late night way back in the day and i don't think i watched the whole thing i just i just remember sort of being baffled as to (laughs) why bruno was up on stage playing the harmonica and singing it it just i didn't see the whole thing so i was confused about it and it wasn't until years later that i sort of the idea popped back into my head and i was like yeah what the hell is that and then i looked it up and found out that it was the return of bruno and that it was a mockumentary and yeah uh it's definitely amusing man it's definitely amusing, especially no doubt when it gets to the musical performance uh, portion. <laughs> it's very amusing. Um, other than that, my high level is I I don't know how Bruno was able to get so many like heavy hitters, like from Ringo Starr to Grace Slick to Dude. Elton John. Craziness. I mean, I don't know how he got all these people to appear in this mockumentary, but he did. And uh, kudos to him because it's it's something else. It was glorious. That w- that was impressive. I will give give you that for sure. Like he had the most insane amount of celebrities, but I mean, really, he was. What do we know? What what year did this come out? I forgot to look that up. Eighty eight, I think. 
Okay, so that's the that's like he's already achieved like insane stardom with moonlighting to the effect that he they put him in Die Hard, which catapulted him from you know a mile up in the air to Mars. So I'm not I'm not surprised that he was able to do this because he was like clearly on fire in Hollywood at this point. Hang on one second. I want to just confirm that because I thought Return to Bruno was 87. So, yeah, sorry. Return of Bruno is 87. So this is post-Moonlighting pre-Die Hard, I believe, including the HBO special, which is, like, mind-blowing to me. That was part of the uh, tail end of my journey was, wait, this is before Die Hard, and he managed to get all those people on this thing? Like, what the fuck? But it was, yeah, pretty crazy. Yeah. um, I guess I should give my high level on this. I... I always remember the album, but I either didn't know or forgot about the HBO special. And I also forgot that it was a mockumentary. So even when we started talking about this, I was like, "Ugh, God, like, like what you said, Chad, like, this is just like, you know, I'm an actor. Now I'm going to go be a lead singer, Mm. you know, kind of thing. And, um, I definitely appreciated the mockumentary quality of it. Unfortunately, this came out, Post Spinal Tap and post Blues Brothers, which just kind of puts it in the category of already been done and a thousand times better. I mean, it was definitely it was funny. Like it was definitely funny to see Bruce doing like you know Woodstock, various like iterations of yeah, like Mm -hmm. the seventies and like you know the fifties and all that stuff. Like his (laughs) that like mop Harry Woodstock Bruno and Mm. psychedelic Bruno and. You know, 80s vaporwave wave synth Bruno, totally. You know, Robert like Palmer all that Bruno. stuff was... Yes, total Robert Palmer Bruno. That was really funny, man. There was even a Robert Palmer Bruno-esque Seagram's commercial I forgot to mention. So, yeah, like that stuff was funny. Again, unfortunately, it's sort of been done better already by Chris Guest and Michael McKean and Harry Shearer. And then again with uh, Aykroyd and uh, Belushi. But yeah, it was still funny, man. And I mean, like you know, perfectly serviceable singing. I mean, he had the most unbelievable band behind him on stage. Dude. Right? Booker T and, like, the Temptations and stuff. Crazy. Yeah, definitely a very top-notch band. Bruno, mm, not so much. <laughs> Bruno, not so much. <laughs> it's true, man. I mean, it was, uh, you know. I mean, the album the album performances are, are fine, you know, but you have lots of – you can – you have multiple takes on an album, you know, you can, yeah, you can give it your best shot. Whereas I, I believe the live performance, he just sounds like he starts off strong and then his voice just gets more and more tired <laughs> towards the end. <laughs> um, but you know, he's human like everyone else. So mm. we'll give him a break. Well, he's also doing a lot of like running around on the stage. I mean, that, that takes a lot of stamina. And those are some tight eighties jeans that he's wearing too, to be fair. Yeah, did, were they were they just super tapered, or did he have a uh, the the French cuff going on the? Ah, uh... uh, I don't know. He probably just took him off Jerry Seinfeld, which they probably just tapered the tight roll. Kev, I want to push back a little bit on the uh, Spinal Tap Blues Brothers thing, in the sense that like I kind of got like I didn't realize until I really tried to dig in and read a bunch about this because there's really not a whole lot out there, but evidently the special was made to promote the album as opposed to the album made separate from the special. And so if the special is promotion, 
I feel like they were, it's a genius way to promote a shitty album. And um, it's clearly lifting from the Spinal Tap and Blues Brothers because like it was a commercial essentially, as opposed to the Spinal Tap and Blues Brothers, which were kind of works of art. So I'm not saying you're wrong that, that it was better or on the same level, but I feel like it was intentionally derivative of, as opposed to like trying to be a copycat, you know? Um. Okay. Yeah. You can. Um, sure. I was going to say you can believe that if you like. That's great. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. It is a pretty clever piece of marketing. You have to admit at least that it's a pretty clever piece of marketing. Oh, I totally admit that. You're absolutely right. It is a very clever piece of marketing, you know, and I mean, he's he sort of. Uh, they kind of combined, well, it's not, not really a combination. It very much is like Spinal Tap. I hate to say it, man, but it really is like that. That's really the way Spinal Tap dopes out. It's like old fake footage of the band when they were like in their fifties and the seventies and all this sort of thing intermixed with like, you know, various different interviews. I think the only difference really was that Spinal Tap, those guys, they weren't that well-known when they did Spinal Tap. They became legends after Spinal Tap. Yeah. So they didn't get – they didn't have the power to get a lot of, like, musicians and people in the industry to do, like, interviews like they did in Return of Bruno. Right. You know what I mean? So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's – Maybe I'm just pumped because I dreaded listening to the album. And then once I watched the documentary, I was, like, so much happier. Maybe that's why I have once that. He, once – Ben, once he got done watching the documentary, he jumped in his car, threw on the Bruno album, and went for a cruise, man, with the top down. I actually almost literally did that, which is pretty funny. <laughs> I'm not surprised. It was probably in a it was probably in an eighty seven Dodge Aries K convertible mm. or something like that. Or no, wow. what was the right? Uh what wow. was the I think that's what that was, yeah. It just blew Ben's mind. No, you know what it was? Didn't Arnold uh <laughs> He did. You just blew my mind. In raw Jared deal, Kringle didn't. Yeah, in raw deal, didn't he have an Aries K convertible? And it was he did. It was definitely a shitty car. It was it was an Aries K. I also had an automatic rifle that I threw over the windshield and shot a bunch of people on a crane. <laughs> <laughs> you went out to shoot people with this playing in the background. It's the only album to listen to when you're going out to shoot people. I mean, come on. When you're going on a ridiculous, excessive killing spree, 80s style, there's only one way to do it. Aries K with no windshield, Return of Bruno playing in the background. That's it. Love it. I don't know. I I mean, I don't know. I'm trying not to be harsh. I, I, I was like, what? whose idea was this? Like, this whole thing. Like, <laughs> it's like the cartoons. Know, like, who, how much coke was was uh, consumed here, guys? Exactly. It was. It was. It was all mashed potato Johnson's idea. There you go, man. It was also like, uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, if I think about the com- the cartoon and this, like, I, I, it's like, you know, okay, Bruce Willis is hot. Like, let's just wring that washcloth until there's nothing left in it, man. You know, like, my God, dude. I, there's that that could be it maybe but i mean i don't know it's all right i mean the the band is awesome behind him you know his singing is serviceable like ben said he clearly gets tired at the end you know it was a little like a little hackneyed like okay here's a song about how great america is now it's got a song about hollywood hey let me Speaking throw on my like, trench coat and my oversized ball cap, and I'm going to turn it sideways. 
With the super long brim. It was so bad. So 90s. That's but what I not mean. Not even the 90s. My, yet. So, yeah, my oversized ball cap. It was like shiny silver with like, oh, God. The $5 foot long. <laughs> $5 <laughs> foot long. <laughs> foot long. Uh, so what, what, do you guys have a favorite uh, Bruno song or? I have two. Yeah. I have two. Oh, go, Chad, you go first because you loved this. I have two favorite Bruno songs. One isn't on this album, which a brief cul-de-sac when I discovered he has more than one fucking album. Yeah. What the fuck? And um, he does a cover of Save the Last Dance for me in his in his album after this album, and I am going to demand that one of my children dance with me at their wedding to that song by Bruno because oh my God. fuck it, that's what dads are for. But don't forget who's taking you home And in his arms you're gonna be So darling, save the last dance for me If they don't, Chad, I will. <laughs> You'll fly out to my kid's wedding. <laughs> I love right it. You crash my kid's wedding. You know you're not going to be living next door to me at that that's point. A, that's you don't a... know that. In terms of my favorite track for this, I want to say that it's the first song coming right up because it connects to a bit of a nugget that Kev asked the question of where Bruno came from. And I read that that was his nickname at the bar that he worked at. And coming right up is all about like serving drinks at a bar. So I kind of love, I kind of dug that little nuggety element to it. May I? your order Saving any and all days of Brucemas nuggets for the actual nuggets. I don't day think of so. I I mean I feel like that no? one fit there, but if if you want to, right on. No, just a small nugget. Like he, while he was waiting to explode into the stratosphere, Bruce Willis worked at a bar in Manhattan, and it was called the Kamikaze Bar. Yeah, that's it. That's it. And he got the nickname Bruno there, evidently. So that was a. In, in answer to your question, and it kind of connects to the wine coolers, and it connects to my favorite song. So that's my favorite song. Is that the bar they invented the kamikaze drink at? I'm going to say yes, because fucking why not? Because it was the 80s, too. Because James Cameron's dad owned that bar. There, there's no James more Cameron. 80s sh- you know, shot slash drink in the world than a kamikaze, I don't think. Does anybody drink kamikazes I, anymore? It just reminds uh, me of the old mind eraser days, man. Cool. Yeah, exactly. Or a brain hemorrhage. Remember those? Oh, those are gross. Those are great. If they were done right, it actually looked like a... Yeah, no, I, I never had one of those. Hemorrhage brain. You know what I, I feel like we should do? We should get together and drink kamikazes. Okay. In honor of Bruno. Oof. I wish the, I wish the freaking bloody plane tickets weren't so insanely expensive. You can man, buy all the tickets you totally... want, bro. They won't let you in over here. <laughs> yeah. All right, fine. I'll swim. 
they won't let you in. No outsiders are allowed in the country at the moment. So shit out of luck. Wow. What? Uh, well, hopefully by this time next year that'll. That's it. That's it. Did you? Were you able to smuggle cranberry in? No, I don't have any cranberry sauce. I'm so disappointed. Although I was so happy that you sent me that image, Benny. That was fantastic. Yeah, I just I opened the can and punctured the bottom so the whole thing would borp out in one chunk for you. Nice, dude. Should have videoed that. Ooh, I should have. Damn. You should have videoed the blorp, dude. Did actually make that sound too. It was like blorp. What? Uh, what was your favorite uh, Mulvey? Uh, my favorite song on the of Return to Bruno is the Porch Seagram's Golden Wine Coolers commercial. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in between them recording that album like this is the album that they recorded obviously in that six months right i have spoken yeah <laughs> this is the album that they recorded during that in the farmhouse correct is that that where we're going with this exactly yeah. exactly right so i guess if i'm attempting to be serious it's the seagram's gold wine crullers porch commercial <laughs> <laughs> Still. Yeah, seriously, that is my all-time favorite song. But if I had to pick one just from the ep- from the special slash album, it would be the What's Going Down in Hollywood song. So uh, cheesy. With the ball cap and the, and the trench coat. It has to be. Because of the ridiculous oversized brim baseball cap in the trench mm. coat. Mm. It's got that funky what's going on vibe too, you know? It does, Ben. It's like that, like, back in the 80s when, like, rap became a thing you know and then all of a sudden like all these like you know and and it was so i, I actually almost thought bruno was going to start rapping dude it would have been so good i did too i did too man and i really like you know the thing about rap was that it was so uh, even more so than like maybe, maybe not blues and and some jazz but like you know more so than like motown and some of that stuff it was it was a very like it was a very black thing, you know what I mean? Like it was created by, you know, uh, people in the black community for people in the black community, and and it was no surprise and so like sort of hokily annoying when like all of these like white people started like jumping on the rap bandwagon and trying to like do it. And did it so poorly, especially in the eighties, <laughs> like like a vanilla like ice, things or like yeah, like things like that. Even though I, I, I gotta say, I got mad respect for vanilla ice. I love vanilla ice, like <laughs> which just proves how much of a honky you are. I love it. I mean, I mean that totally seriously, dude. He's 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 awesome. Anyway, so. You know, it was just like, but it, it would bleed into everything. It was like commercials and like, you know, things like this and like whatever, yeah. that kind of attitude and the... That's what I was going to say. And the let's try to rap, you know, and it just was so poor and it was so prolific in the 80s. And it's like, I know people don't like to talk about these sorts of things, but you know what? I'm talking about it because it was horrendous. Mm. It, did, it did seem like the commercialization of rap just sort of like really crept up in a in a bad way like you said it started you know, showing up in commercials like, uh, you know, like toothpaste commercials so or some shit or you know like little kids shows or you know like it just totally dude i mean in in on one hand it's great that it was spreading out and becoming popularized and becoming popular you know or becoming part of the of pop culture instead of just being an underground thing but at the same time it was it was done so poorly that it just <laughs> It, it, there's so much out there cringeworthy. 
We should oh, try and so find some uh, find some examples and post them in the show notes. Ooh, that's a really cool idea, man. And I, you know what, I I gotta say though, like that stuff was so cringeworthy that I think it only elevated the coolness of rap at the time. Mm. You know what I mean? Because it's like you're never gonna do a commercial with a bunch of like white guys in suits. And it's going to be like Grandmaster flashes the message. Sorry, it's not happening. Right. You know what I mean? Never going to capture that flavor. So anyway, uh, sort of cul-de-sac over, but the cul-de-sac was based on that sort of vibe I was getting from the Bruno right. special. We thought so. Bruno was going to start really cheesily rapping in Down in Hollywood. <laughs> I did. He did. He came so close, Ben. Like he was – Oh my god, dude! It was it was like he had the five dollar foot long hat on. He was ready. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he, he was like he came. This is how close he came. He was bent over backwards, still with his feet on the floor, like Neo, and the bullets were whizzing across <laughs> his face, like yeah. a millimeter away. That's how close he was to rapping in this. Do I get a Matrix death for that? You do. You do. You definitely do. Benny, what was your favorite song on the album? Well. As I was watching it, I was thinking it had to be down in Hollywood. But then fun time happened. Track six. Oh, fun time. Oh, yeah. Fun time. <laughs> he knows all the track numbers, too. I love it. And, uh, you know, that, that just that took the cake. Which one was fun time? fun time? So what did you like about uh, fun time, Benny? Well, it's just a, it's fun time, man. <laughs> Fair enough. It's Bruno letting you know it's, it's time to have some fun. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's it's. Uh, it's, it's funky, much like uh, – it's kind of almost just like Down in Hollywood. It's just a different subject matter. Different lyrics. I thought you might go Secret Agent Man, but I guess that's a cover, so. I mean, if 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 tell me I'm wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> Listen to the song and tell me I'm wrong. It's, it's, it's my favorite one. That's it. Would you recommend that people listen to this album or watch the special or both? If you're a diehard <laughs> Bruno fan, then uh, – <laughs> oh wow yeah you have to you have to watch it once you have to watch it once anyways yeah you have to listen to the album once but uh whether you want to listen to it again afterwards that's up to you i did and I folks, this is the theme it. for bruce miss right here is this album yeah duh yeah i think i think fun time is definitely a bruce miss carol okay I'm down. I'm totally yeah, I mean, down. if you if you have a an appetite for like something that kind of sounds like uh, Bush League, <laughs> Huey Lewis in the news, then Bush it up. Then uh, <laughs> the Return of Bruno album is for you. It is Bush League psych out shit, no doubt about it. All right, so are we? Uh, is that the final final word on the? Oh, I think uh, I think I'd like to drop one nugget in here before we go, please. And then I have a one, final question, but go ahead. This goddamn album got to number fourteen on the U.S. Billboard charts, and under the boardwalk, yep. got to number two in the U.K. Like it was a hit. That's right. Which is fucking bananas. 
Right, but the single too. I read one of the singles. One of the other singles made it up to I think five like or something. Five, yeah. or four in the U.S. Yes, so crazy because it is not a Billboard chart worthy endeavor vocally, in my opinion. Maybe music music wise, but well, it's it's a testament to how popular Bruno was at the time. That's it. At the very least, yes. By the way, the song that got to number five was "Respect Yourself." Ooh. There's a lot of duets in that album as well. Yes. Yes, there uh, is. <laughs> my final question to the two of you, everything taken into account, does he actually know how to play that harp? Yeah. Yes, he does. Okay. I mean, I you know, he's no John question. Popper, but uh, <laughs> for that matter, he's no Huey Lewis either, but uh, he's... Hey! He's uh, He doesn't need to be, Ben. He's Bruno. He's all right. You know, he's not, he's not bad. He's, I think he's a better harmonica player than he is a singer. I agree. Sure. I think he can, he can blow that harp pretty damn good, man. I was wondering exactly the same thing, and I kind of dug around a little bit, and there's a trivia section on the Return of Bruno IMDb page that says that he did the harmonica in the live show bits, but was doing um, a lip sync version on the all of the oldie but goldie kind of sequences and stuff. So the fact that he played it in the live bits, man, like props, he clearly knows what's up. It's all thanks to uh, Mashed Potato Johnson. That's it. I heard. Uh, I heard Bruce Willis had one of those, you know, crossroads uh, musical battle with the devil. Yes. Yep. Thingies, and and he won. And he won it. Yeah. Fair enough. He wins everything. <laughs> he had a tank top and bloody a bloody nose and a black eye and stuff at the end of it, but he still won. And the devil was, uh, and he was barefoot and bloody. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And the devil was uh, not Christ, the fucking actor from Die Hard. Bad guy. Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman, Hans Gruber. Yes, thank you. The devil was uh, was Alan Rickman. I like it. You know what's really pissing me off? I, I Firstly, I ejected, and I'm yeah, definitely looking, looking on the internet, and I'm going to just mark my death down right now. But what's upsetting me that should upset everybody, especially the two of you, is that on his Wikipedia page, there is no mention of the Seagram's Golden Wine Coolers commercials. <laughs> it's really, really bugging me. Well... You know the Wikipedia thing, man. You could add it. That is that is the most gripes of Kev, gripe of Kev ever. That's a Kev gripe that you Kev can so? fix by adding it because it's Wikipedia. You can add a whole section. Hey. Wow, you're right about I that. I challenge I you could, to I do could so. Change. That's like a gripes of Kev mixed with an everybody Kev's. Yep, yep. It is. Everybody gripes of Kev? Everybody ejects while Kev gripes. I don't know. You, you combined a I... whole bunch of deaths there, bro. You know what, man? I can change the world now. <laughs> and this is how I can do it with this Wikipedia entry. I, I double dog dare you to add a Seagram's Golden Wine Cooler section to Bruce Willis's Wikipedia page. God, man. I can't believe you just said triple dog dare, dude. I love it. I am going to do that. Wouldn't be Bruce Willis without know a triple what? dog dare. That's it. It is going to change the world. Thank you. It isn't Christmas without a triple dog dare. You're damn right. Uh, Bruce Miss. Uh, Red Sox. Bald heads roasting by the open fire. <laughs> <laughs> Broken glass nipping at your toes. <laughs> Merry Brucemas. Merry Brucemas. Merry Brucemas to all. Folks, thanks again for joining us for this, yet again, one of the many days of Brucemas. It was our joy and pleasure to have you with us. Thanks so much, and we'll see you next time. 
Merry Brucemas, everybody. Merry Brucemas.